How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Food for it, cheer for uh, Kind of like it. Richard throws it in front. Carter, score! some swagger. Push down to shove, we're going to get it done. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Thanks Bud podcast. As usual, I'm Chanel Berlin. And I'm Diane Fan. I guess first, before we get started, I just wanted to say real quick that we have partnered up with a website. They're called TicketMonster.com because the two of us do not live lives where we can be like season ticket holders. So we actually buy most of our stuff from like third party websites when they get real cheap. Um, And so we partnered with a site called TicketMonster.com. If you go to our game schedule, uh, which is a new tab that you can click on our website and you want to buy tickets to games through there, it just gives you more options. If you look at StubHub, obviously they have a lot of options. But if you want to see what else there is, maybe some competitive pricing, you can check out the TicketMonster thing. Um, So that's there. We're excited about it. Uh, But other than that, you know, business as usual for us. And the Kings also starting to win things, which is way better than the last time we talked about the Kings where they had not yet won anything. I hope that's business as usual for them, too, this winning streak. Yeah, I mean, I hope they can really turn it into a streak. They've got three games in a row now, so their record is 3-1-1, and and they have seven points in the standings. It's pretty good. Some unexpected things, though, because we're used to, like, Andre Kopitar having all the points from beginning to end in a Kings season, but right now, surprise points leader Tanner Pearson with six points. That's kind of amazing. Six points and four goals. Two of those goals have been unassisted, so he just has been like, step aside, everyone, let me show you how it's done. I got this. I'm Tanner Pearson, and I'm here for you. It's pretty funny. Like, his shooting percentage right now is, like, something crazy, like 57%. And it was making me think of, like, early... um, I mean, there had already been more games, but, like, last season when people were talking about, like, Dwight King's crazy, like, 20-something shooting percentage. But right now, Tanner Pearson killing everybody with a nice 57%. Almost everything he touches going into the net. That's totally sustainable, right? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) So don't worry, uh, Tanner Pearson going to carry everyone through. Also had some cool um, records set, or not set, but, you know, some milestones reached already for the Kings with the win against the Edmonton Oilers. Daryl Sutter reached his 100th win with the Kings, and I think he's that makes him, like, the fourth coach um, in hockey history who's had 100 wins or at least 100 wins with four different teams. And then Dean Lombardi also had his 300th win as the general manager of the Kings, so that's pretty cool. And then the next day, really, the real celebration of that for Dean Lombardi was signing Jake Muzzin for five years for only $20 million. That is an excellent deal. <laughs> I mean, your number one possession defenseman in the league last year, let alone, I mean, like, on the team, of course, but in the entire NHL. And, I mean, he's injured right now, but, of course, people are expecting that when he comes back, he'll get back to what he was doing really well and only $4 million per year. And this year, he's still only a $1 million. So that's, you know, six seasons of Jake Muzzin for $21 million. That's really not bad. Um, That's pretty excellent, and uh, a lot of people have mentioned that he could definitely have gotten more money elsewhere, but once again, I like the fact that people are willing to take maybe a little bit of a discount to stay, you know, because people want to play with the Kings, to stay with the Kings um, and, you know, win cups with them. So they'll take the awesomeness of California, LA, the Kings, and uh, take a little less money. 
Yeah, and I mean, Jake Muslim, like, he's playing with Drew Doughty. Like, who is he going to go play with on the market where he's like, really, I could probably find someone better than this? I mean, that's not a bad guy to play beside, and you're getting top-pairing minutes. It's a pretty sweet deal, so I think it's really cool that he was interested in staying here, and it sounds like everything went really fast. Jake Muslin said in his short interview about it that, he thinks it took like three weeks for them to negotiate and finalize, which is awesome because it means that, you know, guys aren't are also trying not to sort of stretch things out. They just want to get it done and they want to keep playing for this team. That's great. So that's exciting. And it's crazy, too, that Jake Muzzin, like his uh, AAV is less than Slava Voinov's, who was a little bit over four million. And that was a pretty good deal. So to get Jake Muzzin for even less than that, I'm stoked. I'm excited. I like that it only took three weeks to figure out because like I've been debating on buying a particular dress for, I think, more than three weeks. But here they brokered <laughs> some like $20 million deal. That's pretty impressive, actually. So great job to everybody involved. (laughs) I do. I mean, unfortunately, though, like I mentioned, he's still injured. So and it looks like he's waiting to get an x-ray or something, possibly this week. And if he's cleared by doctors, he'll come back. But for right now, still no Jake Muzzin on the ice. Um, So right now, like they have Braden McNabb playing with Drew Doughty still. But also something that was fun that I noticed, actually, is Alec Martinez getting some minutes with Drew Doughty, which is kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to give him... um like a chance to play because he doesn't usually play with dad he doesn't usually get that top line um pairing and it's it's cool to see what he can do when he's playing mm-hmm. with someone that's not like regeer or green or something like that yeah actually speaking of not that the kings have you know crazy a crazy amount of in- injuries right now but some other guys who are already doing well is of course that 70s line uh to and pearson and uh, jeff carter but because like marion gabrick is out now um to is seeing a lot of power play time with the top unit which is really cool for him and like him and tanner pearson also getting penalty kill time or a little more this season that's really great um i saw a tweet that was just kind of fun that i wanted to note from pete jensen who does a lot of the tracking of players for fantasy stuff for the nhl but anyway he tweeted out the line of pearson carter into foley hasn't been on the ice for a single goal against through five games this season wow how much fun diane has it been to watch those three guys to start the season um, it has been amazing. Anytime I see one of their numbers, I set up just a little straighter. Like, not that I'm not paying attention to the game at all, but once they get out there, you can t- you can kind of just tell because all of a sudden the Kings have a little bit more jump, a little bit more speed. You feel like something might actually happen. And it has been awesome to see how well they're clicking together. And uh, not only that, because, you know, you can have good chemistry, but it's also like resulting in goals Mm -hmm. and that is amazing yeah yeah they have the majority that line is the majority of the goals for the kings uh like we said tanner pearson has four i think carter has three and foley has two and it's good it's it's they're so fun to watch i'm glad that that line got to stay together and then i'm glad that defoley and pearson both had really great training camps so that sutter was confident enough to keep them there i saw a quote and i think the only person who had it that i saw was um gamut suit from frozen royalty where he talked to mike uh Futa about Toffoli and Pearson and their development. Futa said Daryl did a masterful job of managing their ice time. That was one of the things I know he challenged them on because they were so effective in the playoffs. Every time they were on the ice, they were noticeable for doing something positive. Then when you look at their minutes, he kept them at a point where they were so fresh they could go like that, they didn't have to pace themselves. Which I actually found really fascinating because I think uh, something that frustrated a lot of Kings fans 
towards the end of the regular season when those two were at least in the lineup a little more was like, oh, they're only getting a few minutes. And then, I don't know, maybe that, maybe, you know, credit to Daryl Sutter, like he, maybe he kept some of those minutes lower so that they could, you know, when they were on the ice, just like go full tilt, full speed. And now they sort of have started the season that way. And I imagine that'll probably be their next challenge is sort of figuring out how to pace themselves over a full 82 games. Yeah, I never really thought of it that way, um, you know, prior to seeing that little quote. Because I know whatever, I mean, it's just like right now when you see them scoring, like Toffoli and Pearson scoring goals all the time, you're just like, well, put them on the ice always so that they can do everything. Right. Because obviously, you know, something they're doing is working. But part of that, obviously, you know, they they know more than I do. I don't coach an NHL team. um, Is to kind of force them to pace themselves. Because like, you know, the veteran guys kind of know what they need to do, but they're still kind of fresh. So... Uh, Daryl Sutter, you know, lending a hand in kind of keeping them at, like, the best mindset or shape that they can be yeah, um, in order to score goals, like, when it's needed most. It's kind of funny, too, because I remember that first game that Pearson was in for, which was a playoff game, he seemed overwhelmed by, like, the speed of the game, and now he's adjusted to that crazy speed of the playoffs, and now their challenge is to, like, find that middle ground. So it's just sort of funny how he's had to, like, jump back and forth already (laughs) in his short time in the NHL. Seriously, never forget that one picture of him just hanging out by the boards doing not a goddamn thing. (laughs) Just watching. Watching watching playoff hockey happen in front of him. It's like, Tanner Pearson, you're supposed to be playing the game. Right, right. And now he's like, oh, okay, cool, I'll do everything, I'll just have some unassisted goals. I know that the Kings are, you know, flagging on the power play. So why don't I just score our first power play goal? You know, I can do it. I'll just take care of it. You know, I'll be points leader. Got it now. Nailed it. I I, I guess so we might as well just, yeah, keep talking about sort of the, we might as well keep talking about the gameplay of the Kings and what we've seen so far. Because I think we've seen, I mean, it's still very early in the season, but I think we've seen a variety of things happen on the ice that have been pretty interesting. Um, Again, like those three players are, in terms of possession, some of the strongest guys on the team right now, but also a surprise in there, Mike Richards has the second highest Corsi percentage behind Tanner Pearson for the Kings team. That was a little unexpected for me to see or to realize. That's pretty awesome. And it would be more awesome if he could complete a pass <laughs> yeah, like using that possession to any sort of benefit for the Kings, because I swear watching the Blues game, um, every time it was like, and it's intercepted, and it went nowhere, and he fumbled it. I'm just like, okay, what's the point in having possession if you are going to do literally nothing? Oh, yeah, that game was really frustrating. I think for, for every player on the ice, though, because it was also like then when they would manage to get a shot off, they, so many missed, so many missed shots in that game. I was like, D- can you guys just learn to aim? I know you're excited because you're actually in the offensive zone and you can shoot, but what about if it was on net? Nah, that's okay. They like it when they, you know, are wildly outshot. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Mike Richards, though, that game was really bad for possession for everybody. I'm pretty sure the only player that came out positive in that game was Andre Kopitar, and it was like just barely. Um, but like Richards' strongest games for possession were actually the first two games. Uh, he had like hit 65% in the opener, and then almost 70% in the next game against Arizona. And both of those games were losses, but apparently Mike Richards did pretty good work during them. And so, of course, he's been kind of moving around already. He was on the fourth, it was like third line, then fourth line. Then he has now, with Gabrick being out, been on the top line with Kopitar. He's, of course, still getting special teams time. So positive for Mike Richards. But again, yeah, like you said, I would like to see a little more 
a little more of, I guess, effective playmaking. I don't know. I would like to see see it turn into more points for him. Yes, we only want nice things for Mike Richards. Yeah, it's it's really important to me. I cling to like the vines of him and Jeff Carter high fiving just to like remind myself that maybe Mike Richards is still happy and in there somewhere, somewhere in that shell of a human being <laughs> right. he is right now. Maybe and I once appearance. again have to keep reminding us it is five games into the season. Oh yeah. Self, settle down. Yeah, it's easy to get carried away. But um, but actually, look, it's, we've got some kind of positive news already for him so far. Another person who I've tried to try to keep my eye on, and I'm curious about what you think of him so far, is Brayden McNabb, now that we've seen more than one regular season game. Um, yeah, that one, uh, I have already completely forgotten uh, which team it was against. Uh, that like goal that he saved in front of the net. Who was that? Oh, yeah. The Oilers? I think... <laughs> I think so. I think it was the Oilers. It must have been the Oilers. So um, Quick made the initial save, and then the puck kind of shot back out, and there were two Oilers there. But no worries, because Braden McNabb, he's got you covered. Yeah, his his work in front of the net, I think, has been my favorite thing about his game so far. I actually feel the way, um, or I feel about him, the way that we sort of talked about with Jake Muzzin, when Jake Muzzin was still sort of figuring his life out, is that I think sometimes... Braden McNabb, like, he'll he'll do what he's supposed to do, but I think he's sort of not actually thinking about, like, the next step. He's sort of like, all right, I'm doing this now, but not really anticipating the play that comes afterwards. Um, and some, sometimes that results in, like, a dude getting away from him. In the Blues game, actually, there was this one play in third period where... I think the Blues had won the face off and they had control of the puck and he went to check a, the guy who was supposed to get the puck and try to recover it and he did but then that guy I forget which player it was was already looking to figure out how he could recover the puck and McNabb was not able to recover in time to so then the Kings ended up beating getting beat from the boards to the middle of the ice and it resulted in a shot on goal for the Blues so I feel like you know he just has to get his reflexes like he has to think ahead a little more and then get his reflexes right um but i think there's still potential there like i haven't seen a whole lot where i'm like please get this guy off dice yeah he's been extremely promising and i know that he'll probably stick around and i'll have to say goodbye to my grandpa eventually <laughs> but it's it's looking good my wish for this season is that everyone eventually use that grandpa emoji when they talk about robin regeer like anytime just stick it on this is why i'm saying i want him to get assist i want him to get goals just so i can constantly use that grandpa emoji. <laughs> right. the resemblance is uncanny <laughs> i would need him to score goals so that we can just send out a very simple thumbs up grandpa emoji tweet and then that'll be it that would be nice it would be perfect if it was a mike richards assisted robin regeer goal oh yeah <laughs> that would be the perfect execution right there and if alec martinez was also somehow involved jazz hands true see i've have this whole okay i need this i need for this to happen it's <laughs> going it's not going to happen now we've created are in fantasy scenarios yeah and it's the most outrageous dumb thing that could ever happen <laughs> it's not going to but i want it to yeah i mean not that outrageous actually i i wanted to give Regeer a little bit of a compliment because of um, a play that I saw. Like him and Voinov actually were pretty consistent in that Blues game in a game where a lot of people were terrible. But there was um, another play where I think the Blues had dumped the puck and he recovered it passed it to Kopitar, who then passed it to Voinov, and then Voinov had that great shift where he went through the neutral zone and, like, got around two Blues players and then got a shot 
off. He did, it wasn't on goal. It went a little wide. I think it got deflected. But he got a shot off, and it was a great play. And it started because Robin McGeer recovered the puck. So good job. Oh, look at you. So nice. <laughs> I'm being positive. We're five games in. The Kings <laughs> are winning games, even when they play crappy. Um, I'm looking for nice things to say about everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. But I guess to get to stuff that is bad, let's talk about the Kings' terrible power play. <laughs> it is garbage. It is. I feel like I can't say surprisingly because the Kings have notoriously had trouble on the power play, but it's frustrating because I feel like either they have trouble getting into the zone or when they do, they have trouble setting up or when they set up, then they pass it forever and they never actually score any goals except for, of course, the one that Tanner Pearson did, which I don't think, if I'm remembering correctly, came off of a like set play or anything no he just kind of hustled hustled it up in front and uh scored that goal but it wasn't like it's nice to see the king set up plays and sometimes it works well but it's been frustratingly um unsuccessful Mm -hmm. especially when they set up for so long and only get you know maybe one or two shots off during an entire uh power play period right or you know moment and it's like well i understand you know you kind of have to try to like ease people out of the way or what have you create a shooting lane for yourself but uh when you set up that long it just gives you less chances to actually right make a goal they will pass themselves to death if they have the opportunity <laughs> i think they need to, to you know take more uh one-timers and yeah i just i don't know but it feels like the power play has consistently been a problem for them so i'm not even sure at this point what the solution is but so far they've had 18 power play opportunities and only the one goal they've had 22 shots on goal on those opportunities i believe i think i looked that up correctly so a lot to be desired their percentage is something like 5.6 on the power play and the only people with power plays less effective than that of course haven't scored any goals so they're they're sputtering along when it comes to the power play and they need to pick it up yeah i once again seriously my mantra is just like okay it's five games in but it's kind of frustrating because it's more of the same it's not like you know someone hasn't gotten the groove of you know the new season it's been the off season but this is you know, the same people are on the team again, and it's the same frustrating lack of production mm-hmm. on the power play. Yeah. I'm curious to see if it changes whenever Marion Gabbert comes back into the lineup, because of course he's another shooter, but not to take anything away from the guys who are on the power play right now, because like Tyler Toffoli actually um, has taken a number of shot attempts on the power play, or at least like when he's out there with that top unit, they've taken a number of shot attempts. So it's not terrible, but I am curious to see what happens when like Marion Gabrick is rotated back in again and is hopefully they sort of figure out what the what the issue is. I would like it to change. One thing though, some positive when it comes to special teams is at first it seemed like their penalty kill was struggling as well, but now it's it's starting that's starting to find its groove. It was at like 76% and like on the road because they've only had the one road game, it's at 50%, but they are now at a 92.3% penalty kill effectiveness in Staples Center. They're they're 16th in the league, so they're about about average middle of the road at 82.4% overall right now. They have been shorthanded 17 times and allowed three goals, but Tyler Toffoli with the shorthanded opportunity, I still watch that goal over and over again. It's been days. I watched it this morning. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. I've I've shown it to not strangers, but I've shown it to like office mates who don't care. (laughs) And I'm like, please just watch this. You don't have to be a hockey fan 
to know that this is really, really rad. Right, right. Please just appreciate this. It made Jim Fox come up with like a new way of reacting. <laughs> it wasn't just his like, oh, it was like a wow, and then he called it sick. I forever love Jim Fox's reactions to everything. Mm-hmm. It's just phenomenal. <laughs> Once again, just him kind of, I mean, I feel like obviously they're the home announcers, so they're always going to be very happy when the Kings score, but for the most part, I feel like he tends to have the most... Um, unscripted outbursts, right, I'm going to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like being overwhelmed with how delighted he is over whatever, you know, just happened on the ice. Yeah, I live for those moments. I'm like, if they can make Jim Fox exclaim with delight, yes. they have done something really great. They have done a good job. Yeah, and that goal he was he was really impressed with. Even just like uh, Toffoli keeping control of it and like sliding across the ice until he had a lane that he wanted. And then he put it top shelf, what he has his nickname for. So good job. It's just so pretty. I think it was John Rosen who said something about like how that had been a part of his game that was strong in the AHL getting shorthanded opportunities that he hadn't quite brought to the NHL level yet so here's the first one I hope there are some more but yeah so like that was a positive sign then also since the last power play goal that they allowed they have killed nine consecutive penalties been good getting better there so now they just need to sort of pick up the power play situation and then their special teams will be looking a little better I mean they're a team that performs really well at even strength so I'm not crazy worried about special teams especially if the pk is doing all right but um right more goals is always better um can i pause for just a moment and roll back to what we were talking about before Mm -hmm. um last year the or last season the kings played a game against the bruins they won four to two all right um in the second period alec martinez scored a goal assisted by robin regeer and mike richards i could have done I, yeah, yes, I have been sitting here looking at <laughs> when people have scored with each other. I could have used this series of emojis then. Oh, Well, man. not really, because the Kings hadn't won the Stanley Cup yet, but right, right. I'm saying it, it's possible, apparently. It could happen. <laughs> True. It has happened before. It can happen again. It has happened before. It can happen again. Nicely done, those three. I would love to see that. I mean... Why not? It's kind of weird that they were all three on the ice at the same time, but I'll take it. That's what I'm saying. It's strange. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, anything's possible. I mean, at the end of that Blues game, because nothing was working, Daryl Sutter was just like putting anybody out there together. Just everybody go have fun. I don't know. Don't lose this game. Also, as I've been going through this, uh, Robin Regeer and Mike Richards actually uh, assist in each other's goals quite a bit. Oh, I'll do some more investigative journalism on my own time. Please (laughs) dig into the relationship between Regeer and Richards on the ice. (laughs) Because those are the two most important players on the Kings, (laughs) and that's what I should be focusing my time on. Absolutely. I'll get on. I I mean, I'm curious, and that's what matters. So go go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, but but yeah, but back to the games that they have played recently. Uh, Like I said, that Blues game, like we all saw, Kind of a mess, but someone who was great in it, Jonathan Quick. Holy moly. Spoiled his shutout against the Edmonton Oilers very late in the game. One was like, you know what? Let's make up for it. Let's get a shutout this time. And then he did. And it was great. It was beautiful. There's that one save uh, against Bomeister. Yeah. That was just like... I'm pretty sure uh, Jim Fox might have said, oh. Yeah. During, he might yeah. have exclaimed during that one. Because um, that was just, you know, it was 
kind of textbook, you know, get set and then immediately just caught it in his glove and it was beautiful. Yeah, that whole play was like crazy because it was one of those where the puck had kind of been all over the zone a little bit. Like it moved around really fast. So it was awesome that Quick was able to track it. Then he ended up being the only guy that was in the right spot to do anything about it because both Justin Williams and Andre Kopitar went down to the ice. And it was funny because when it happened, like it happened so fast that it's just like, oh, whoa. But then when they replayed that, um, they did the slow-mo replay from the other angle, for, from the other side of the rink. And then it perfectly looks like Kopitar and Justin Williams go down and like cross each other just to sort of frame yeah. Jonathan Quick making this amazing glove save. It was awesome. Yeah, that part was, yeah, that part was extremely comical. I was like, what, what's ha- what sort of like weird slapstick comedy is happening right now <laughs> right, as yeah. they both fall dramatically to the ground with their toes touching? and it was kind of strange. I loved that. But yeah, that was a great save. He he did really well all night. I mean, at the end of overtime, he had made 43 saves, which was way more than Elliot had to make. Although I have to give credit to Elliot because he had that that I mean, you know how much I love a poke check. He had that moment earlier in the game where Williams almost had a great opportunity and like Elliot dove out to make this like crazy Hail Hail Mary like poke check opportunity happened and it worked but it was like all right guy you're getting real bold today in that so both of those guys looked awesome it was it was fun if you like watching goaltending it was a good game yeah it was just funny the reactions like i know that these are two good teams and it's technically good hockey but it's really boring yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was like and once again it's the kings and blues playing each other. <laughs> right right it's uh but it's, it's funny because i feel like it reminded me of the playoff series they had in 2013 where it was like create like pretty low scoring but crazy grinding games with a bunch of hits um and people loved that series but think about like that series compared to the series against chicago this past playoff like totally different kinds of hockey yeah totally um and i think in the broadcast it also mentioned that the last time that the Kings had played a game where uh, at the end of regulation it was, or yeah, at the end of regulation it was 0-0, and obviously through the OT it was 0-0 onto the shootout, was a game against the Avalanche um, last season that you and I had gone to. Yeah. And I remember that being extremely frustrating just because it was watching the Avalanche sort of like outspeed, outskate the Kings, but Jonathan Quick, you know, being strong and it was scrimmage. shots. It was scrimmage. Oh, Scrivens, you're right, that's, I'm sorry, um, Scrivens blocking everything, and then on the flip side, the Kings, like, doing a very good job at defending, like, the Avalanche yeah. as well. But then also the Kings, like, I, I don't know if, it, if that was the time when their shooting percentage was just, was just, like, garbage, so they, like, could not get anything in. Right, yeah, I think it was, well, they went, like, through a, like, a mini slump before the, like, big situation that they went through in January, so they did have, like, that mini slump because Scrivens had that game, and I think not too long after, or maybe it was right before, where they had, like, those games in New York, and there was that one where they ended up beating, like, the Rangers one nothing because Scrivens managed to just slightly outplay Lundqvist, and... So it was like an interesting time, and that game, I i don't know why I remember it, probably because it was a 0-0 game, but I, they ended up losing late, or I don't know how late, but in overtime, because a puck, Scrimmage saved it, and then it hit Jake Muzzin in like the shoulder and went in. And I was like, oh, oh, this is the time we're I think it have. was, I think it might have been Gabriel Landeskog, and then I remember them reviewing it because 
we were already getting up to leave and I stepped on your foot. I don't know why <laughs> this is just something that I very distinctly remember, but there you go. <laughs> oh yeah, they did re- try to review and we're like, no, it's over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's not even waste anybody's time. That bounce off Jake wasn't yep. into the net. Oh man, an unfortunate time when you're a King's defender who accidentally has a goal bounce off of you and into your own net. It happens to them all yeah. very often, unfortunately. Right, yeah. But but yeah, this is a first 0-0 game since then and and luckily the Kings did not lose in overtime they actually managed to hold out so that Quick could get credited with the shutout a cool thing now is like of course that first game he got pulled uh, against the Sharks but since then he's done really well in net and so his save percentage right now is actually at 944 and Martin Jones who has played 180 minutes is at a 970 and the Kings their goals against is 1.8 right now so they're looking really good in net which is good and I hope continues through these next couple games as the Kings sort of figure out how to be dominant in possession a little more consistently. Yeah, uh, Martin Jones has really been doing very well, mm-hmm. um, especially in that game against the Jets. I'm glad that we've gotten a chance to see him like in the regular season. Yeah, I'm really glad. It seems I'm, I'm looking forward to what has happened so far with like the management of goaltenders being pretty good. Let's keep that up. They they played four games in six nights, and now this week they have more time off. So uh, hopefully that helps. Um, it's helping me because if because they have time off, they're like shooting commercials or doing whatever they're doing, and that means that we're getting pictures of Kopitar and Gustl. Oh my so. god, those pictures! It was too adorable. I couldn't do it. That dog is too much, and sometimes I think that dog is like a person in a dog costume because of how. Weird, like that picture of Kopitar holding him. Yeah, is like that looks like a, a baby or a child. Like I'm 100 percent sure that Gustel is longer than I am. Well, I mean, Gustel is Dustin Brown. <laughs> Dustin Brown has said <laughs> if he could be any dog, he would be Gustel, and I think that's who it is. <laughs> He's really just letting us know that there's something going on there. That it, that picture was too much, and the picture of Gustel like on the bench watching his dad play. Yeah, yeah, that was cute. Oh, yeah. Anyway, first dog. Why does Gustel not have his own Instagram account? <laughs> right? I mean, that's like half of what Andre Kobitar is like Twitter and Instagram are, or like pictures of him and his dog, so close. That's true. <laughs> but they should have it. He should have his own Twitter account. Love it. Oh, their scoring has been really interesting. So like the first two games for the Kings, they were outshot or outscored. I'm sorry. Um, seven to two. In our last three games, they outscored opponents 11-2. to Granted, two of those opponents were the Oilers and the Jets, <laughs> but still, that's pretty I mean, crazy. Well, we'll take it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. So if they could keep scoring goals, and, and this has been great because that means, you know, my favorite new promotion where they actually want to give people ice cream because it took so long for anybody to get free ice cream last season during the McFlurry Minute. Um, people at Staples Center have gotten ice cream twice now, and that's good. I'm jealous. I like yogurt. Yeah. It's delicious. Although at the same time, weirdly, they're like shots. Okay, so they finished 2013-14 with uh, shots per game at 31.6, and right now they're averaging about 27 so they need to allow less shots and take more or at least get them on net because again like i i feel like watching that blues game it was like let's miss everything possible and and hopefully then maybe that'll help them sustain this the shooting percentage they've had for the last three games or at least stay close to it i would like them to not be at the bottom of the league this season that's my goal fingers crossed (laughs) fingers crossed 
but at the same time it was cool to have the blues back in the building because it's always fun i, I don't know that right i like that rivalry and like the blues haven't been around so there hasn't been much of it. it interestingly it made me think of a post that i saw that was sort of ranking the nhl's 10 best rivalries and so this season it, the cool thing about this it was a bleacher report thing and of course because that's what they do is lists and slideshows and things um the kings are in th- three of the top five choices or the top five picks um but not the king's blues rivalry is not in there so at five was blues blackhawks and at four and three because i guess they did decided these were interchangeable, even though that's not true, is King's Sharks or King's Ducks. Like, if you're gonna put the Ducks in the top five, like the King's Ducks rivalry in, then it's four, because the King's Sharks rivalry is better. Yeah, in the in the article, they did concede that the Sharks one was a little bit stronger, because they've actually played in, like, playoff games mm-hmm. and things like that. But yeah, let's be real, I'm way more into the King's Sharks rivalry than I am into the, the King's... Um... Excellent. Yeah, both of those are there. And then it's Bruins Canadians, which I agree with. That's a fun rivalry, including, of course, recently, like uh, Milan Lucic just got fi- fined $5,000 for making a jerking off motion at Canadians fans. <laughs> Lucic doing what Lucic does. Oh, he's a mess. Being a jackass. <laughs> And then, of course, he was made to apologize. And it's like, what are you doing? Don't apologize. Just take your fine and go on. You're going to do something like that again. But anyway, so that rivalry. And then, of course, number one, or maybe not, of course, maybe excitingly, Kings-Blackhawks, which I think obviously is a pretty new rivalry. Yeah, I did not expect for that to happen. But it's, I mean, totally understandable with the recent years. But it's funny that number two is like a long-standing rivalry. So it's the Canadians and the Bruins. And they have, you know, obviously played each other in the playoffs and the whole thing. But it's still a rivalry that's lasted for a very, very long time. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see that uh, surpassing that is the Kings-Blackhawks mm-hmm. uh, rivalry just because of how good both of the teams are and how like amazing and intense the playoff series have been. And, and and because people have been so entertained by it, which is weird because I also think like those teams, like they play really good hockey, but it's not the kind of rivalry where it seems like there's necessary a lot of necessarily a lot of bad blood between the players on the ice like I don't right I mean if I'm remembering correctly there wasn't like a lot of extra stuff that happened there have been like a couple of moments like um Quick and Crawford sort of facing off a little bit and getting each other's grill and then there was of course the moment where Duncan Keith like you know, slash Jeff Carter across the mouth. Um, but those things... But even then, he looked really, like, apologetic about right, it. Right, yeah. You know? It was like he was there's deliberately no, trying to break Jeff Carter's face. There's no, like, Sidney Crosby being like, I just don't like that guy. <laughs> yeah. About, like, Juro or something like that. You know, there's no real bad blood. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's cool that, like, A, that this rivalry has become so exciting for people so quickly and that these two teams play so well against each other. Um, But then also that it's a rivalry that is just really based in the hockey that they play rather than some of the personalities or whatever. I think that's pretty awesome. It's pretty, that's awesome. I love it. Um, And I think it's also awesome that there are three Kings rivalries mentioned because I feel like, you know, of course, every time the Kings slump, people are like, God, they're boring to watch. And I'm like, fuck you. They're awesome to watch. People love them. <laughs> so, you know, anytime I can just sort of stick the finger up at people who forever, call the Kings boring. Forever defensive about the Kings. Yeah. <laughs> A thanks, bud, life story. <laughs> Very true. Um, I realize that we do. We, are we still doing, um, you know, that thing? 
God damn it. What <laughs> five, five minute majors. Like, what's going on around? Oh, oh, yeah. We could definitely talk about other teams. I mean, I don't feel like we always have to section it out anymore. Keep it loose. But yeah, let's talk about other teams. I mean, a lot, a lot of stuff is going on so far this season. What have you been watching? Hey, Chanel, how about them Islanders? Oh, my God. So they are, I mean, they're playing a game tonight. So we'll see how it goes. But to start the season, their first four games, four straight wins. Who could have predicted this? They're playing so well. They've got defensemen that are great. They're scoring. Um, it's very exciting for the Islanders, and I'm very excited for Islander fans who are just like, wait, is this what it's like to be happy? <laughs> right. Is this what it's like to be great? Um, I hope I hope this bubble doesn't burst. I hope that they continue to do well and make it back into the playoffs. Um, so I've been very excited watching that kind of unfold in the East. They got a little bit of bad news because Grabowski, I think, has a concussion. Or, well, they're not saying it's a concussion, but it's probably a concussion. And they've got, but they still got, like, Tavares, who has put up nine points so far. Oposo, who has seven points. And then, like, randomly, Brock Nelson, who's, like, a 23-year-old guy who is in his second season in the NHL, has, okay, this is crazy. He has five shots on goal. This is, of course, prior to their game with the Penguins. Five shots on goal, four goals. So his shooting percentage, like we thought that Tanner Pearson's was crazy. Brock Nelson, 80% shooting percentage. <laughs> Do no wrong. That's obscene and awesome. Yeah, so everything is clicking for the Islanders right now. It's been, it's been exciting. I think the only other team, um, and, and I don't know if they play tonight also, but was the Canucks. They are uh, 3-0 and so far to start the season. So kind of crazy. Oh, including Lyndon Vey. With his first NHL goal, finally, which is cool. Yay for Lyndon Bay. We're all very excited yeah. about that because yeah. he is definitely someone we want nice things to happen mm-hmm. um, for. Um, oh, that's another thing that I kind of was thinking about the other day was guys like Vey getting traded or or because Leafs fans are so, and like now he's hurt, so unfortunately for them, but like Brandon Cozen we talked about last week, Leafs fans are so excited um, because he was doing really well to start the season and whatnot. And I was listening to the Steve Dangle podcast and they talked about how when he was when that trade happened, they were like, oh, they got this guy for Andrew Kasenzi, and, like, what has that guy done? Um, and Kings fans, too, were like, what is Andrew Kasenzi going to do? Like, why is he here? He's big, like the Kings like, but he doesn't seem to have any abilities. But the idea of, I think, Lombardi with the trade, like with Lyndon Vey, which he said, actually, about that one, and maybe with Brandon Cozen, the idea of, like, the Kings have been doing so well that it's really hard to crack the lineup, that maybe those trades are more about giving those guys opportunities rather than only thinking about like what those players could do in the King system and just having them kind of stew there. I don't know. Do you think that's valid? Yeah, it, I, I, I think that's totally valid. Valid. It's just like the Jonathan Bernier thing. It's like, you're not going to start here. Let me trade you somewhere nice. Yeah. And then he went to the lease. I don't know. Whatever. Obviously, it's Toffoli and Pearson's kind of time to shine. Uh, Andreoff is trying to make a run in it. But if there's talented players that aren't quite talented enough, but you know that they could do good things, I mean, I'm all for trading them so that they play in the NHL instead of, I don't know, being bitter and festering away in the AHL or something like that. Yeah, I think it's, and I'm excited for those guys. I'm glad that Vey has his first goal. I'm glad that Kozen was doing well before he got hurt. I hope that he is able to come back um, uh, sooner rather than later and continue what he started to do with the Leafs. But yeah, I thought that, like, thinking about it, I was like, I don't know, I don't think those trades were that much about the Kings at all, um, except for, like, with Vey, they were able to get that second round pick that let them get McEwen, like, so we'll see what he develops into um, as a defenseman. But yeah, like, and, and like, we can't forget, like, Tyler Toffoli was AHL Rookie of the Year. <laughs> so it's like, those are the guys that managed to crack the Kings lineup right now. So unless you're, like, outstanding 
or in the case of Andrioff, happen to still be around at the right time. <laughs> it's your, yeah. it's hard to crack the lineup for the Kings right now. So might as well, might as well flourish somewhere else. Especially since the Kings are doing well. Like if it were another team, you can see like, oh, injuries may happen, or oh, you know, something might not be clicking. Like let's yeah, healthy scratch some healthy scratch someone and then. Uh, throw, you know, give someone a chance, I guess, in the big club. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's, like, the Kings have been winning. There's not too much that goes wrong. I mean, of course, they're not perfect. So they have bad games. But for the most part, there's no, like, wholesale changes that need to be made. So there's really no point. Right. So why keep letting people linger? So, um, yeah, I was just thinking about that. And while also thinking in general about Dream... I almost did it in 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 audio. Dream Lombardi. I almost just called him, which is what I've been calling him in my head all week because of that Jake wasn't contract. Uh, Dream Lombardi. <laughs> but yeah, so I like those moves, and I like that he is not afraid to be like, look, just let this player do well somewhere else. I think he seems like an okay dude, that Lombardi. Yeah, he seems like an all right guy, looking out for looking out for his boys. Yeah, let's see. I I think I'm trying to think now, like. I went off on that tangent. Now I'm trying to think of teams that I've been watching. Uh, I've been keeping an eye on Dallas. Oh, did you see the end of their game against the Penguins the other day? Um, yeah, I did, because first I saw the whole thing about how incensed they were about that goal being uh, waved off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Tyler Sagan, uh, one beautiful pass from Spezza mm-hmm. to Sagan. And then with, like, what, three seconds left or something like that? Yes, so late. Winning the game. But I think the gift that everyone loves, and I love it too, is um, kind of like a back, like a different camera angle shot of the stars celebrating. Oh, yeah. And Sidney Crosby just like sort of like furiously leaving the penalty box. (laughs) Yeah, those kind of shots are always great. But yeah, that game was crazy the way it ended. It was like a fine game. And then first, after that goal got waved off, it was Jamie Benn who got the goal anyway a few seconds later. And then, yeah, Tyler Sagan wins it. Um, Tyler Sagan already with a hat trick this season. So let's see if he can repeat his hat trick of hat tricks season. Yeah, that was obscene and amazing. I hope he can do it again. He has five hat tricks in his career. That's so crazy. How old is he? He's so young. He's like 22. <laughs> it's terrible. That's upsetting. <laughs> the Capitals have been doing pretty well so far. People have been um, complimenting Alex Ovechkin for actually, I mean, still he's scoring like power play goals and whatnot. You like do shoots all the time. But he, they've been complimenting his defensive game. He seems to be trying to adapt to Barry Trotz's system, which I find interesting. So I'm curious to see how that progresses over the season. Uh, so yeah, interesting hockey so far. Um, I was just looking at the goaltending leaders um, on NHL.com right now, mm-hmm. and I think it's funny that it's Al Montoya. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess because they don't really like account for like minutes played or anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Martin Jones is also on here. Right, yeah. Great job when you're one and, like, a third game. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they'll take it. They'll take it. They'll be on top while it lasts. Is there any been any player, I guess before we go, any player on the Kings that you are especially liking this season or that has surprised you? I mean, we've talked about the ones who have been really good, but there, is there anybody else that we kind of, that you were like, oh, good job, person? Um, Jordan Nolan. Yeah, yeah, I've I've actually been uh, heartened by his effort. Yeah, it's, I mean, he hasn't done anything particularly heinous, and he hasn't done anything particularly great, but he's been pretty solid, and I like that. And once again, we can't mention Nolan without his man bun, so. 
Yeah. Rocking it. Yeah. Which, okay. When, Put that in the win column. When I saw the Jets game, they did like a in arena poll of like who had the best hair. And somehow he lost. And I think it's because they used, I mean, they used a picture of the man bun, which is great. But they put it up against a picture of Drew Daddy with his hair like flowing, like he was when he was doing his like hair flip. Um, so of course that one won. And I was like, "That's wrong!" Like Jordan Nolan has the best flow on this team. Let's stop playing. Every everyone knows it. He's got the best hair for sure. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I talked about him a little bit earlier, but I think for me, it's Slava Voinov. Like every time I notice that he's doing something good, I'm just like, "I miss you, Slava." Voidoff, come back. Come towards the sound of my voice and also the net and score some stuff and be really good on defense. So He had a great chance uh, for that Blues game. Yeah. He just, like, sped past everyone, and you're like, whoa, where did that come from, Wheels? Yeah, it was, it uh, was great. It was pretty good. And so I want more of that. And so I am, I'm glad that I've, there have been these, like, moments where he's been pretty good, and I hope there's just more because I – Watching Voinov, like, you know, when he was really coming into his own, he was good. So I want to see that again. Into it. I think I like this Kings team that's yeah. happening right now. Yes. And I'm really glad that they have the record that they have right now and are not 0-4-1 like the Oilers. God, the Oilers. I want to send them something nice. <laughs> I want to send their fans something nice. <laughs> I want to send the Oilers a package that when they open up is just a sign that says free Taylor Hall. That's what I want to send. Oh, poor Taylor Hall. <laughs> he deserves so much better. I mean, they have a bunch. He's of- trying so hard. Yeah. And they have a bunch of like top picks or whatever guys who could probably flourish on other teams. But for some reason, like the one that stands out to me all the time is still Taylor Hall. And I'm like, just just help that guy out. I don't know. I don't know who it was that tweeted it, but somebody tweeted out like, I look forward to like when Taylor Hall finally makes it to the playoffs at 32 as a member of the Los Angeles Kings. <laughs> Please. I would love that. I'm so down for it. Uh, that's what I want to see. And then he can, like, wear an A. It'll be, like, Tanner Pearson, Captain, Taylor Hall with an A, Tyler Toffoli with an A. That's the future. Everybody get ready for and it. And the future is looking bright. <laughs> yeah. Put on your sunglasses, everyone. Um, so clearly that's what we have this week. Uh, the Kings play the Wild. I'm going to try so hard to post this before that game, even though that game's early. Um, and hopefully that's when and they play like the Sabres four days later. So uh, an easy week for the Kings. And I mean, unless they fuck up and lose to the Sabres, then it's a disappointing week for the Kings. But otherwise, pretty good. And we can hopefully talk next week about more happy stuff. Um, if you want to follow us, as always, we are at ThanksBud on Twitter or individually. I am at Chanel Berlin. And I'm at AKA Diane Fan. Take care of yourselves, people. Be good to each other. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye, friends.